This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty. 1-800-919-3776. That's the number to join us on ESPN New York Tonight. Monday night edition of the show. Thanks for stopping by. Also, you can reach me at Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Along with Jake and Brian, we're here until midnight. Then it's Freddie and Fitz on 98.7 ESPN. Hope you had a fabulous sports weekend. I got to tell you this. In watching the National Football League, you understand why the trend in quarterbacking has changed, right? For the most part, you used to hear, and this is not breaking news, but it's just something that really jumped at me as I'm watching the first half of the Ravens-Browns game tonight. And you know, it used to be back in the day, you wanted somebody that stood tall in the pocket. You wanted a Josh Allen type, but he didn't have to run, right? So you wanted a 6'5", tall, strong-arm quarterback that can whisk the ball down the field. That's what you want. But now look at the evolution of quarterbacking. Look at what Kyler Murray does. Look at what, um, you know, Lamar Jackson does. Look at what Jalen Hurts did yesterday to the point that now he's going to get the start again because these quarterbacks and others bring a dimension that really confounds what defenses do. I mean, if you're watching that game while you were listening to Carlin, and you're watching the football game but listening to him with the sound down on TV, and you saw in the first half how Lamar Jackson was just extending the play, extending the play, and then he throws it, what, 40-plus yards to his tight end, and they end up getting seven. And on the next play, he's still looking for somebody to throw to. There's nobody open, so he takes it in himself. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if you will ever – if you have a choice to sit back and find somebody that stands tall in the pocket but can't move. I mean, when you think about it, and we talk about Daniel Jones and, and, and you talk about how, how great his completion percentage is and how he does a great job in completing passes. He's so accurate. But yesterday, what was the biggest thing you noticed about Daniel Jones? He wasn't as good because he couldn't move. So that's what you look, that's what today's quarterback, if you're going to be successful in the National Football League, you need to have a quarterback that not only can move but can throw as well. So I'm not just saying that getting a running quarterback is great. Kyler Murray will take that next step once he does a better job reading defenses and once he is more consistent with throwing his passes and accuracy. But as long as he can extend plays as he does, he will continue to be successful. Will he take that next step? We'll see. Look at Patrick Mahomes. Look at Patrick Mahomes yesterday who finally got sacked. What did he run? Like He lost like 30-plus yards on that play. But it's his ability to extend the play. It's his, his, it's his ability to find time for his receivers to make a double move and get open. And yes, he does have some of the faster receivers in the National Football League in Tyreek Hill. So these are the things that all went through my mind while I'm watching the first half of this game and the second half is about to start and the Baltimore Ravens uh, have the ball and they're with their 21-14 lead over Cleveland. 
And that kind of ties us into our topic tonight. And that is the situation with Sam Darnold and the Jets. And Rex Ryan was on Bart and Han today. And Rex made this statement. Listen. Everybody's talking about, well, this is an opportunity for Adam Gase to, you know, show us what he's got with Sam Darnold because now they can go in a different direction. They're going to show you. They're going to show you. How many years are we going to wait for Sam Darnold to do anything close to what Mark Sanchez did? When are we going to finally admit that Mark Sanchez was a better quarterback than Sam Darnold? And I don't get it. I know the kid's got ability and all that. Here's one thing he doesn't have, wins. He has none of those. And to me, they got to move on. The Trevor Lawrence, guys, if you are a fan of Sam Darnold, wait till Trevor Lawrence shows up. Now you got something. All right, that's Rex Ryan on Barton Hahn. And what he, listen, Rex was being Rex. Rex says there's no question to him that Mark Sanchez was a better quarterback than Sam Darnold. And he's using wins. Well, that's our poll question tonight. At hardest the ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Do you agree with Rex Ryan? Mark Sanchez was a better quarterback than Sam Darnold. Yes or no? Do you agree with Rex? Sanchez better than Darnold. Yes or no? Very simple. Or you can weigh in with me. 1-800-919-3776. 1-800-919-3776. Let me make a case for Sam Darnold by telling you what Mark Sanchez had to work with. And remember, the Jets moved up to get Mark Sanchez, number five out of USC. A Mark Sanchez that the then head coach of USC, Pete Carroll, said should not go. He should come back and stay another year when he let him go. I was embedded with the Jets then. I was one of the first people to do an interview with Mark Sanchez after he was drafted by the Jets, being a member of the Jets' uh, broadcast team doing sidelines at that time. Look at who Mark Sanchez had on his as an offensive weapon for him. Look at who. Look at who he had. Let's just go offensive line. <laughs> Nick Mango, Shaw Ferguson, Brandon Moore, Damian Woody came along as a free agent. Alan Fanica was on that team. All right, so that's the offensive line. Name me right now one of the Jets' offensive linemen that is as good as any one of those I've named you. I'll take you. Take your time. Look at the receivers that he, that they had. First of all, and I mentioned him the other night, they had a tight end in Dustin Keller that the Jets haven't had a consistent performance at tight end since he left. <laughs> By the way, Baltimore just scored again. Lamar Jackson ran for, it seemed like, about 40 yards, 50 yards, and Gus Edwards ran the last 13. They now lead 28-14 over 27-14, waiting for the extra point over Cleveland. Braylon Edwards. Jericho Cotri. I'm talking wide receivers. Plaxico Burris for a year. 
All right. Santonio Holmes, Super Bowl MVP. Even though he even though he did not live up to his potential with the Jets, he was as he did in Pittsburgh, he was still a difference maker. You when you came in to prepare for the Jets, you prepared for those type of receivers. Does does Sam Darnold have anything like that? So that's part of it. And and that's just the weapons part. We'll put the weapons part aside. And let's just go with how they performed. Do we remember Sanchez's first year? Rex Ryan was speaking to the media talking about how they missed out on the playoffs, not realizing that they still had an outside shot <laughs> because of the turnover to touchdown ratio. Mark Sanchez was told to very simply manage the game. Why? Because he had running backs, Thomas Jones, one year, Ladanian Tomlinson the next year. That's pretty good running backs, right? Pretty good. So he was only asked to manage the game. He wasn't asked to win games. When they went on the road, give him credit. That defense, he was told, listen, do, you, do us a favor. Just don't turn the football over. If it doesn't work, punt it. Punt it. And the other thing I will say, but I will say this about Mark Sanchez. He had a better offensive coordinator than Sam Darnold had. Brian Schottenheimer, even though Jet fans were hot with Brian Schottenheimer, angry with him all the time. All this motion, shoddy into motion, shoddy into motion. What does that, what does that mean? What does that do for anything? Oh, they go up and down. They just switch and switch in motion. They don't know what's going on. And, and ironically, both Sanchez and Darnold have the same, same issue. They could only see half the field. Mark Sanchez could only see half the field. I remember watching him. I remember being on the sideline. And and conversations was that Mark, why did you throw that pass like that? I I didn't see him. Well, because you you he looked at your eyes and you brought him all the way over into position. Safety help over the top, right? You were staring at your receiver, the safeties read your eyes and came all the way over, and he didn't see him. And it's the same thing you see with Sam Darnold. But Sam Darnold has less time than Mark Sanchez had because Mark Sanchez had a better offensive line, and a better running game. Go back and look at the times that the Jet offense played up in Buffalo. Look at them run for 200, 300 yards on the ground. All they had to do was hand the football off. And it wasn't, and when Mark Sanchez and the team struggled was when he had to go out and they made him win games. Okay, it's time for you to win games. We're making sure that you throw us into get us into situations where you can win a game. It's not a knock against Mark Sanchez. Mark Sanchez is still going to go down as, as a guy who was able to win three playoff games on the road. Two years in a row, <laughs> which is not easy to do from the wild card position. You don't have a home game. And he was able to do that with the help of a superior, with a very good defense, a very good and physical defense. And veteran leadership. Sam Donald doesn't have that. And so when you take all this in consideration and then you talk about wins, well, yeah. With what they had, they were supposed to win. Now here's where I will 
I kind of understand what Rex is talking about, but he went with wins. The The next year, Sanchez's second year, he went, I think, five games without a, off the top of my head without turning the football over. And that was a team that was like 11-5 and five and went on to lose to Pittsburgh in the AFC Championship after beating them the first, after beating them a couple of weeks before they faced them for the for the uh, chance to go to the Super Bowl. So if you're going on wins, you can't really judge because wins means it's the type of team that you're on. If you're going person by person, highlight by highlight, strengths and weaknesses of both, it's an interesting question, but I... I I, I'm not sure I'll give you my answer. I'll give you the answer before we leave, but I'm not sure I'm going to give it to you right now. Hey, listen to the Cleveland Browns. They're marching right back down the field. They're in the red zone. It's a first and goal. On the previous play, though, I mean, let's be honest. If you put a running back in motion and put him where a linebacker's got to cover him, that's a mismatch. And the Browns did a nice job with that. And so they're right down on the end zone, and they're rolling. Ten plays, 70 yards so far. Ball on the five, second and goal. We'll keep you updated on that one. And we'll also keep you updated on our poll question tonight. Do you agree with Rex Ryan? Mark Sanchez was a better quarterback than Sam Darnold. Here's some of the responses that we have so far. We've got at Keith C. Pasales. Mark had a solid offensive line and better weapons. It's unfair, it's unfair comparison. Mark's production went down after the old line got broken up. Uh, at Igloo Al, 914, Sam would crush on that team, on that team, Thomas Jones all day. Uh, at Frankie Papa, Sanchez supporting cast was one million times better than the XFL team the Jets are today. Uh, your boy Fofo, they go to a Super Bowl if they had Darno over Sanchez. At Peter Kirk, Mark had the weapons and the no line. Sam doesn't have anything. At Valero 23, Rex is wrong on this case. Neil Aces9915 says, no, no, no. Send me a, send me a GIF. No, no, no. Uh, and then there are a couple of other ones. One referring to uh, T Charity 1482 has a. <laughs> Does Gase have a tattoo of his wife wearing only a Darno jersey? We know where Rex's loyalties lie. So it's interesting. It's, and once again, the issue I have with Rex on this is that he's using it, he's using win-loss record. And that's not a fair comparison of what you're doing with your, your, your team. Because you could be, listen, that's like, that's like saying uh, th- that... Um, I'm trying to think of a really, really good analogy. Um, but it, it re- the, my point is, it really just depends. The team you play on is really, really important. What you have around you is really, really important. It highlights it. Patrick Mahomes is a great quarterback anyway. But I don't know that he would have a Super Bowl if he wasn't on a team that had the type of weapons that they have. Okay? I mean, how many Super Bowls? You could argue that Aaron Rodgers, with his talent, as good as he is, he should have two or three Super Bowls. Super Bowl rings. He should. As good as he is. But he doesn't. 
Does that mean he? Does that mean he's not a great quarterback? Does that mean he's? No, so you can't just go by wins and losses. There's more. That is the oldest. That's the old. Usually, when we have discussions, right, on who's better, who's better, who's the, then we you throw in rings and championships as part of the equation. But in this case, when you're talking about two young quarterbacks, and you're talking about quarterbacks, really in their first three years, because that's really what you're saying. How did they look in their first three years? Okay, the first three years, obviously, Sanchez has a better record, but Sanchez had a better team. And so when, you you know, these are the, and let's not, once again, not picking on Mark, but it's not like he didn't turn the football over. (laughs) Okay. It's not like he didn't, because he did. I mean, listen, in the first year, they had all these different color codes for him. All right, this is yellow. This means you got to be cautious. Green means go. Red means be careful. Don't run this. Don't do this in this scenario. I mean, they, they gave him a, 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 an emergency sheet. Okay, under this situation, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Whatever you do, don't do that. Cleveland with the touchdown, missed extra point. 28-20, off to the phones we go. Al's in Jersey. Al, you're leading off on ESPN New York tonight. Mr. R.C., it's a pleasure to talk to you again. Thank you, Al. What's happening? All right. Um, so, you know what? Sometimes Rex Ryan opens his mouth, and I, I really wonder how he ever became a coach in the league to ignore the complete disparity between the two quarterbacks is irresponsible. You, are, you had already covered, you know, everything that Mark had on the offense. Let's talk about the defense. Mm-hmm. The defense that the Jets have currently – maybe, in a perfect world, maybe three players worth the salt in their food. That would be Quinnen Williams, um, uh, the linebacker who's opted out. Um, oh, C.J. Mosley. The Ravens. C.J. Mosley and Marcus May. I think, you know, he'll continue to develop and he'll be a really good free safety for us. The Jets defense back then when Mark was playing had in their primes Darrell Revis and Antonio Cromartie. Shut down secondary. We don't even, that's a wash. That's not even, we don't even need to talk about that. The linebacking core, Bart Scott and um, David and uh, David Harris. David Harris, yeah. the best to ever do it. Mm -hmm. I mean, the the linebacking core, especially right now with C.J. Mosley opting out, is a wash. The Mm -hmm. defensive line, they had Calvin Pace, who was arguably our best pass rusher since John Abraham left. We had Chris Jenkins. Yeah. One of the best nose tackles, in my opinion, the league has ever seen. Yep. We had Sione Pua. We had Sean Ellis. We had all of these guys. We had a beast in defensive line. Mm-hmm. And Sam has Quinnen. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yep. And on the D-line, he's got one player on each level. The defense was stacked. They were a top-five defense back then. Yep. And now they, they'd be lucky if they're 31st. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a non-comparison. It's not even fair. So for Rex Ryan to say that's completely irresponsible. Well, you know him, uh, and thanks for the phone call, Al. You know Rex, and Rex Rex loves to stir it up, and that's his belief. And and part of that is because he won with Mark Sanchez, right? That that's the whole part of this. That's the whole thing behind it because he won while he was there. I really would love. Love to hear Rex talk, compare himself with Adam Gase. (laughs) 
See, that's what I would love to hear. <laughs> I could see him the whole world. <laughs> He'd have a field day. Because, you know, not, there's no comparison. All right? Obviously with wins. Now, see, with coaches, you can talk wins. All right? I, I get talking wins with coaches. I get that. Because that's where they're hired and fired. It's about what they do, how they produce. Quarterback's a little different because in this, and the reason why I say that is you have to compare what each quarterback does individually in this scenario because the surrounding casts are so different. It's so different. At Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. A lot of folks have weighed in on Twitter with our poll question. Do you agree with Rex Ryan? Mark Sanchez was a better quarterback than Sam Darnold. I'll give you some uh, numbers in a couple of minutes. Here's another response. At Big Ant 1017, Sanchez had the best line in football in 09, along with some solid pieces. Once they took it away, he was no better. Darnold can't even have the same old line for more than two weeks straight, let alone a good blocking one. And once again, that by no means, and, and, and let me make this clear, that by no means excuses the performances of Sam Darnold and the mistakes that he makes. Okay, that doesn't excuse it. But I would say to you that if a quarterback has made similar mistakes with a better offensive line and better talent surrounding him, then what would we expect if somebody has less than that? And that was the case. And there were times when Mark was still making the same mistake in year two and year three and year four. There were times where he was still making the same mistakes. And that's what drives many people crazy about Sam Darnold, because you see, but once again, they have a similar issue. They're similar challenges. They only see half the field. I just think that maybe it's better for the Jets to stay away from USC quarterbacks. I'm just saying, maybe that's better. Maybe that's the best thing to do. Unless you've got somebody here that's going to retool them and reprogram them and help them see a bigger picture, help them see, you know, a different, uh, to broaden their horizons, either that, or you're going to have to tailor your offense to help them until you coach them up to be better. That's the only, that's the, it's the only options I see that you can do because right now when, when you see the same things and, and that obviously you're frustrated at that, and there's other sometimes sometimes receivers run the wrong route. Sometimes there's no, you know, there's no separation. You try to hit them. Sometimes you, the quarterback throws a bad pass. I mean, there's there's all different reasons why things don't connect. But if you're talking strictly when you talk about wins and losses, I mean, it's a no-brainer. Mark had a better team. He should have. I mean, if anything, especially in ten. Not so much nine, but especially in 2010, that team underachieved. That team should have gone to the Super Bowl. And I don't know what happened, even though being there, I will tell you, 
I'll get to the calls in a second. I will tell you that covering the team, you remember that team, that team reflected Rex. A lot of bravado, a lot of bragging. You know, they had to <laughs> cash the checks that Rex wrote. And so they had to deal with it. And this was a very talkative, confident team. Very much so. But for some reason, as Baker Mayfield was picked off, for some reason, that week leading up to the AFC Championship game in Pittsburgh, that team didn't talk. And it was weird. It was like, what's going on here? Why aren't they talking? Is it a confidence thing? Is it that they were just so focused? Is it what happened? And the tricky thing was, in hindsight, you wonder if beating New England was actually their AFC championship game, right? Because nobody expected them to beat New England in New England, including the Patriots. Ravens score, one play, boom, touchdown. 34-20 extra point pending. By the way, that's the first interception for Baker Mayfield in like, what, almost 200 chances? It's amazing. He's really settled down. He's really he's really played well for them, which is why they're, they've been on the winning streak, and that's part of the reason why they look as good as they have. He has really settled down as a, as a quarterback and doing, doing a nice job. So you could argue that they, they should have beaten Pittsburgh. They started slow. Second half, it was a different team. It just makes you wonder, right? Makes you wonder. Something about Pittsburgh. <laughs> Don's in Westchester. Hey, Don, you're next on 98.7. Hey, Hello, you doing, Don. Larry? I'm doing great, man. What's up? How you doing, Larry? How you doing, man? I always call you. Love your show. Listen, you. I have to agree with Rex on this one because Rex is looking at it from a standpoint of, the, you know, as a coach, a former coach, rather. As far as uh, ability, as far as ability, availability is the best ability. So, number one, Sam has been hurt every year his first three years in the league. Mm-hmm. Number two, he's still making the same mistakes. I don't see any growth in him. He's still running right, throwing left. Mm-hmm. Instead of throwing the ball away or taking a sack, he's still trying to make an impossible play. I don't see a scramble in this game. I understand he don't have the weapons. But at the same time, he's still making the same mistakes that he mm-hmm. did. You know, I don't see any growth in his game. now. But, Don, here's said, the thing, Don, and I'll let you finish. Him. Here's the thing, right. Don. Rex went with win-loss. He didn't go with this quarterback is doing this to that one. He said Mark Sanchez had a better winning percentage that made him a better quarterback. Oh, no. no, Well, you can't go with that. But as far as I'm going with growth. Okay. Uh, You know, I'm going with growth. I don't see Mm – and I listen to all the shows, ESPN all day. I'm a fan Mm -hmm. of the whole station all day. Thank you. Um, I don't see – I agree that for all the Sam Donald believers, listen, I'm not saying the kid is garbage. What I'm saying is – He's trade bait. If I'm the GM of the Jets, if I could get the number one quarterback coming out of college and use Sam to get picks, because we have to fill way more holes than just quarterbacks. Absolutely. So he could be great somewhere else. You understand? Yep. So if I could get three or four good starting quality NFL players for him, mm-hmm. I have to trade him and mm-hmm. then still get the number one quarterback. I don't think anyone in New York as a Jet fan will be upset with that move. 
You uh, I agree with you, I'm Don. I'm saying the kid is garbage. I'm, I'm right. not saying the kid is garbage, but mm-hmm. he could be great somewhere else where he has weapons. And let's see what ability he really has. You understand? Put him in a better position. He'll be happier, and then we'll be able to fill, be, be happy as Jets fans. So right now, he's not the answer for the Jets. That's all I'm saying. I hear you, Don. Thanks for the phone call. And hopefully, you'll bring in somebody that can help, either Lawrence or Fields, whoever you get. Because, you know, the Jets could still go on the streak and win a couple games. <laughs> as, and fans are like, Larry, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't say that. Don't put that in the air. But I hear what you're saying, Don, and there's no question that Darnold has not shown you the consistency in improvement, and he hasn't been available. He has been hurt a lot. But once again, when you compare Sanchez to him, he's asked to do more than Sanchez was asked to do. So, and... Sanchez had a tight end who bailed him out on numerous occasions. The Jets don't use a tight end. As a matter of fact, you could argue that they really consistently, consistently, there have been isolations of games where they've done pockets of games where they have. They don't use their, their, their tight end. I mean, the tight end is non-existent. When Dustin Keller was here, he was a huge friend for Mark Sanchez. Huge. He was a huge asset. You had a running game and a tight end. I mean, come on. That is a young quarterback's dream. And in today, and that's 10, 11 years ago, the, the middle of the field is, wasn't even as wide open as it is now. And Chris Canty talks about, we have, Chris Canty and I have conversations all the time talking about how wide open. Steve Young comes on the K show. And says it's amazing how wide open the middle of the field is now, because you can't lay receivers out. The, the whole, the whole you know, defenseless receiver situation and the penalties for that and fifteen yards and discouraging and trying to protect players and rightfully so. The middle of the field is wide open. That's where you send your tight ends. I mean, a tight end like Dustin Keller today would be—he looked like Waller, <laughs> that the Jets made looking like like he was Dave Casper. A couple of weeks ago against the Raiders. So you have a wide open center of the field like that with a tight end. You could you could save that kid a lot. But I agree with Don. At this point, I think that ship has sailed. You you there's too much and I understand I heard the things he had to say today. We'll share a couple of them with you in, in top stories next hour. I heard what he had to say, and that's what I expect him to say. He's supposed to be confident. He's supposed to say, I really want to be here. He doesn't want to say like this town is too big for him, he's given up. I, don't, I wouldn't expect any competitive professional or even amateur athlete to say something like that. They're too competitive to admit defeat. So I get that he, he still believes he can be the guy here. He loves it here. He, of course, he realizes he doesn't have a say. And I agree with you. And, I, and unfortunately, Jet fans, I believe, as I said yesterday on the drive, I believe the example of watching of you watching Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee after leaving Miami is going to be the situation that you see Sam Darnold leaving the Jets. Going to a different team, running game, Derrick Henry is tremendous. Another over 200-yard rushing game yesterday. Decent offensive line. Fabulous defense. 
and a coach who's been around and been a part of championships. Okay? That knows how to do things right. That understands what it takes to win. And brings a staff to surround him that understand what it takes to win. And that's why you see Ryan Tannehill looking like he never looked like he never looked like this in Miami. And he's been available. He was always hurt in Miami. Ask Gordon Damer. Call him up tomorrow morning at 5 a.m. and ask him how 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 often Tannehill wasn't available in Miami while Gase was there. And how many times he's missed games since he's been in Tennessee. I think that's hopefully for Sam Darnold because he's been the good soldier because he's everybody you talk to says he works hard. He's just not getting the, the further the nuances and some of the things he needs to do better. He's not getting that. And some people learn differently. You got to find a way to teach him. So he gets the points that he needs to do because right now what you see is he knows he's not supposed to <laughs> run, run, run right and throw left against his body. But that's the thing what happens when we teach you this way, we teach you this way, uh uh-oh, something happens, you fall back to your old bad habit. And that's what you're getting with Darnold. At Hardest ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Our poll question, do you agree with Rex Ryan? Mark Sanchez was a better quarterback than Sam Darnold. Very simple, yes or no. He said it on Bart and Hahn today from 11 to 1, but not for long. You know they're moving. Mm-hmm. You haven't heard? Yeah. DPH Canty and Rothenberg moving. 5 a.m. Wow, 5 a.m. I remember those days. I was in another place. I had to be on the air at 5 a.m. Oh, that's not fun. Especially on those cold winter nights. It's cool in the summer, right? Summertime is great. Winter, brr, not so much. So, but those guys, they're going to be up and ready to go. 5 a.m. starting January 4th, DPH Canty and Rothenberg. Can you imagine hearing Dave Rothenberg after a giant loss on a Sunday night, Monday morning at 5 a.m.? If can I, can, I, can, I, can I just tell you this? You should listen all the time. I'm telling you right now because it's a fabulous show and they are great together. But if the Giants lose to Dallas... <laughs> Sunday, January 3rd, <laughs> I'm setting my clock. <laughs> I'm go- I'm setting my phone. 5 a.m., I'm going to listen to them. I want to hear Dave Rothenberg Monday morning, January 4th at 5 a.m. if the Giants lose to Dallas on Sunday the, 4th, on Sunday the 3rd. I- I'm just telling you, I want to be there. I want to hear that. Well, Barton Hahn, they're moving also. Yeah, they're going to move to 12 to 2. They will follow Greeny, who's moving from 10 to 12. Yeah, we got a whole new day here on 987 ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. So very simply, this is a close race. Let's round it up. 52% of you agree with Rex that Mark Sanchez was a better quarterback than Sam Darnold. 40, about 48.5% of you disagree. And once again, he was basing this on record, not Strength against strength, weakness against weakness. He based it on record. And my disagreement with that is when you base it on record, you have to take into account the whole team. 
A better question would be if we switched quarterbacks and put Darnold on those teams with Rex and Sanchez on these teams, who would have the better record at quarterback? That would be an interesting question, wouldn't it? Moe's in Queens. Mo, you're next on 98.7. Hey, Uncle Larry. How's everything, man? What's up, Mo? I'm doing good, partner. Uh, man, you know, every day I listen to you. I can't call you, but I listen to you. You know, I just want to tell you how I appreciate, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Every listen, that, we listen every day. Every, everybody who listens every day, man, we appreciate you every day. And we, we thank you for what you do, even though you think it's a job, it's all. But you get through a lot. You get us through a lot, man. Uh, Mo, I know it's not. I'm just having fun. Mo, I'm just sitting here talking to you all like you all like we sitting in a restaurant somewhere. I'm I'm not working. I'm having yeah. fun. <laughs> for sure, for sure. All right, so uh, I was listening yesterday. If a guy named Charlie from Woodside calls you, do not pick up. I'm telling you, Larry, do not pick up, man. He that called yesterday. That guy. Yeah, that guy's asinine, man. If the Jets is the Giants are clearing out, please. Where where do we sign up for Joe Judge? I need that. I need him. That guy is crazy. How you gonna How you gonna clear clear house out after yeah. one bad loss? I'm not yeah. gonna lie. I, I I come here almost every day telling you how much I love Joe Judge. Joe Judge's been great. He's been mm-hmm. perfect, but mm-hmm. he finally made a mistake yesterday, and that's trusting his players, Daniel Jones. I have one question for you. Yes. Who came back from a hamstring injury within two weeks? That's unheard of. So Daniel Jones is definitely telling them he's good, he's good, but he clearly wasn't yesterday. And then with the Jets, man, I'm so excited. We got we got, we got got blown out by 37. <laughs> it was great watching it. Three more weeks of this, and then we'll be good. Can't wait. So, Mo, uh, I got to ask you. Mo, 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 I got to ask you. Are you a Jets fan, Mo? Of course, I'm a Judge man. Come right, on, well, I got to ask you. Oh, yeah, right. about just, judge. I got to. I got to ask you. I got to ask you. I'm jealous. So, I'm telling you every day, man. I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm jealous. So of it doesn't bother you. You're not bothered by being a fan of a team that makes history by not winning a game in the season. Larry, Larry, man. I'm a Knicks fan. I'm a Mets fan. I'm a Jets fan. The last 24 years of my existence, they have been horrible. I can count on my fingers how many good seasons those three teams had in one hand. You feel me, Larry? I do. So, like, this is regular. To get to go 0 and 16 to get probably the best quarterback since Andrew Luck, I'll take it. And that that comes to my next point, Larry. Uh, if we can't get Trevor and we just win like two games, I'm, I I wouldn't want Fields. This guy Fields is a little sketchy. The way people tell him, oh, he's so close to Trevor. How is he so close to Trevor when you're finally saying that this year when he gets to go to the NFL? I don't believe in that guy, Larry. So mm-hmm. if if we don't get Trevor, we got to keep Sam. Get 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 a good coach. And then one more thing, I know I'm throwing darts at you. I'm sorry, Larry, but sorry, with the Mets, I know you've mm-hmm. seen, you seen A. Rod's uh, plan. If you bought the Mets, it was going to be a disaster. It's going to be it was going to be worse than a wheel pond. He wanted to make a baseball the small project and make it a venue for entertainment. Thank God we don't we didn't get A. Rod. <laughs> I'm so happy we got Steve Cohen. It's it's probably the greatest day for me as a Mets fan. And with that being said, I like the good catcher. Uh, that's a good sign. We can. Uh, okay. We just need we just need an outfielder. And we need to fix that bullpen. Larry, I'm going to hang up and listen. Have a great night. Thank you, man. All right, Mo. Thanks. Thanks for checking in. <laughs> well, listen, I, I'm as a Mets fan, I'm happy with Steve Cohen, too. But once again, you got to wait and see how it turns out. All right? On the, but here, here's why, as a Mets fan, you're happy is because you're you're in the running at least for the opportunity to to add to your team with upgraded talent, right? You're not sitting on the outside and even though, for example, like JT Riomuto, okay, ooh, I want you, 
I wanted JT Riamuto. But if you're telling me with this money, if we can get McCann here, Riamuto wants more money, blah, blah, blah. I, I trust Cohen. I trust Sandy Alderson with making those decisions that this guy will be better. Hopefully it will work out. And we'll wait. And you have money left over now that you didn't spend for Riamuto. Hopefully either we get Bauer or we get Springer for center field. And then, you know, and then as, as Mo mentioned, you add some things to the bullpen. See, as a Met fan, it's nice to be in the running for upgraded talent. Not that the Mets don't have talent. The Mets have talent. And they have talent. It's a matter of getting upgraded talent and also to add depth to your team. Because over a long season, you're going to have injuries. All right? You're going to have injuries to your pitching staff. You're going to have injuries to your bullpen. You need to be able to have depth so you can absorb those injuries and the, and the talent level between your, the, the, the everyday the, the starters and your reserves has to be minimized. That's how you win. The problem is when the talent level is too great. Mayfield to Higgins, touchdown for the Browns. It's now 34-26, extra point pending. Jim is in Westchester. Hey, Jim, you're next on 98.7. Hey, Larry, how you doing? I'm doing great, Jim. What's uh, up? I just want to say, oh, I just want to say that you know, Rex Ryan likes to say things to be controversial and say wild things that people report and talk about him like you're doing now, mm-hmm. which I don't blame you, of course. But Sam Darnold is a far more talented quarterback than Mark Sanchez. I've been a Jets fan for years. I've watched them both play. And it's not even close. And mm-hmm. you can't judge Sam Darnold on this team because uh, if you – Le'Veon Bell came here as a premier running back in this league. If you were to judge him on his year and a half with the Jets, you would think that he was an awful player who would never make it in the league. Mm-hmm. When you have an idiot like Gase running the offense who doesn't know what to do, who doesn't do things with the pieces he has but tries to cram them into his style, you're going to look terrible. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, hopefully, look, I'm a huge Jets fan. I've been Jets for years, and I hope Sam Donald goes somewhere. I would love to see Sam Donald get picked up by the Patriots and light the Jets up just so the idiot Johnson brothers can realize how much of an embarrassment they're making this team. Well, I'll say this, Jim. All right, thanks for the phone call. I'll say this. Um, that would be the last place the Jets would send him because you know with, Belich- with Belichick and McDaniels, they would find – they would – even though he's got issues only seeing half the field, somehow you would think that they would find a way to coach him up so they would have an offense that would help help him so that he doesn't have to make those decisions. <laughs> Here you go. That's the guy right there. Boom. You go right there. That guy's right there. It's like the West Coast offense. Three steps, boom. There it goes. Get rid of the football. Three steps, boom. There he is. That's the, that's the type of offense you have to run for him to be successful. And then you – add more things to it to spread him out, and then hopefully he gets better. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens to Sam. Thanks for stopping by. Chilling with you at 1-800-919-3776. Also, conversing with you on Twitter, at Hardest to ESPN, at ESPNNY98 underscore 7 FM. Thank you, Rex Ryan. He's the subject of our poll question tonight. On Bart and Han today here on 98.7, he said Mark Sanchez was a better quarterback than Sam Darnold. So we want to find out from you if you agree with him. So do you agree? Rex with Rex. Mark better than Sam. Yes or no? Right now, the people agree with Rex. The yeses agree. And if you're just tuning in, 
In the audio, he said he's Mark Sanchez was a better quarterback than Sam Darnold because of his record. All right, that's the key thing here. Because of his record. And I just dispute that when you look at the team that Sanchez had, he had a better team and the team had a better record. It doesn't mean that Sanchez was a better quarterback because Sanchez was asked to manage. He had a running game. He had a lot of stuff. So that's why. If you're talking about if you're talking about quarterback to quarterback, Mark Sanchez's flaws, Sam Darnold's flaws. All right? They both had flaws. Darnold has been slower to overcome his flaws than Sanchez had. All right? But once again, Sanchez had better folks around him. So, you know, he had separation. When he was throwing to Santonio Holmes, Santonio Holmes had separation. That's when he felt like catching the football. Yeah. And once again, he had <laughs> Brian Schottenheimer loved to use the tight end. If Adam Gase loved to use the tight end, Sam Donald might be a little better quarterback. So Rex's argument is Sanchez better than Darnold because of his record. That's not all Rex Ryan had to say today, amongst other people. As a matter of fact, Brian, time for top stories. Now here is the top news stories of the day with Larry Hardesty. It's a question everybody's asking. Was it a mistake to start Daniel Jones? Clearly, he didn't get the job done physically. Taking his legs away left him unable to function. And perhaps more damagingly, the mental toll heaped upon the 23-year-old quarterback taking the field while debilitated was not properly taken into account. It takes something special to compete while sick or ailing, and Jones didn't have it all in the 26-7 loss to the Cardinals. They made him one-dimensional. What has made Daniel Jones so tricky over this winning streak? The ability for the run-pass option. You had to be on your heels. You weren't sure if you rushed him and he held on to the football, you might see him 70 yards later. Joe Judge was asked, do you regret playing DJ? No, I have no regrets on playing him. We made a calculated decision based on what we thought he could do as a player. Uh, we went out there, and as a team, we have to execute better. Joe Judge, how did he look? Did he look worse or better than you expected? I'd say the way he moved in the game is what we expected. You know, we put him through enough in practice last week to make sure he was put in a position where he could protect himself. We knew that there were things that were going to come up in the game and some limitations that he was going to have throughout the game. We we're willing to live with those. Um, but in terms of the question, do we feel like he moved the same, you know, in practice as did in the game? I'd say the answer to that is yes, Ryan. Um, what we expected to see, we pretty much saw. All right, and that was Joe Judge speaking to the media today. And let me just put an asterisk there. Yeah, but remember, what, what I always tell you guys about practice, all right, it's not the same. You know that the, the, the defenders are not going to hit you. It's not the same. That's why you wear that red penny so you're not hit. So mentally, while you try to assimilate practice as much as you can and the speed and everything, for the quarterbacks, you know you're not getting hit. And you know, so you don't have to worry about running. <laughs> Steve Young was on the Michael K. Show today, and the guys asked asked the former Super Bowl quarterback, should Daniel Jones have started this week? Well, and looking back, it's like <laughs> three turn. I mean, yeah, I mean, it didn't go well. 
But he has to stand in there, and he has to be the guy. It's like Carson Wentz. Like, until it got actually out of control, he, he's got to go back in. He's got to go fight his way through it, through the injuries. If he's healthy and can protect himself, if he can protect himself, he's going. If he can't protect himself, then no one should be out there. And so that's the, that's the Maginot line for me. But if, if we're going to get good or to great as a Giants team, he's going to have to do it. So let's, let's do it. Let's see. He's, these are the most important games he's played in his Giants career. Let's see how, if he's able to go this week, let's see how they bounce back against, as you can see, a very potent Cleveland offense. As Sam Donald prepares for the final three games of the season and perhaps his New York Jets career, he appeared on the Michael K. Show yet earlier today and still envisions himself as the franchise's long-term solution at QB. Yeah, I mean, I truly believe so, and I want to stay here my whole career. Um, I said that the moment I got drafted. I believe that day, the day I got drafted. So I just want to, I want to win games, obviously, and I believe I can do that and be a good quarterback in the league. With the current worst record, the Jets have a 74% chance of securing the number one pick, according to our football power index. That could mean Clemson quarterback Trevor Lawrence, yee, to presumptive top pick. Darnold, though, hasn't enjoyed any good Sundays this season. He's 0-9 as a starter. He's ranked 32nd out of 33 qualifying quarterbacks in total QBR, 36.5. The only quarterback with a lower QBR is Alex Smith at 35.4 of the Washington football team, and they've won some games in a row. As I mentioned, Rex Ryan was on Bard and Hahn, and he said, time to say bye-bye to Sam. Everybody's talking about, well, this is an opportunity for Adam Gase to you know, show us what he's got with Man. Sam Darnold because now they can go in a different direction. They're going to show you. They're going to show you. How many years are we going to wait for Sam Darnold to do anything close to what Mark Sanchez did? When are we going to finally admit that Mark Sanchez was a better quarterback than Sam Darnold? And I don't get it. I know the kid's got ability and all that. Here's one thing he doesn't have. Wins. He has none of those. And to me, they got to move on. Look, Trevor Lawrence, guys, if you are a fan of Sam Darnold, wait till Trevor Lawrence shows up. Now you got something. Not if you have the same offensive line and the same weapons. You'll have probably the same thing. Hey, guess what happened in Brooklyn? Kyrie Irving spoke to the media. Yeah, after weeks of using Instagram stories and written statements as his primary communication methods, Kyrie Irving spoke to reporters this morning after Nets practice and reflected on playing for the first time since February, being on the court with Kevin Durant and why he chose to violate the league's media rules. Like I said, the focus is on what's going on in the task here, you know, my job. And I wanted to make sure that that was clear. There are no distractions, nothing about dispelling anything, nothing about going back and forth, knowing about calling out one person or another, not even to refer to you guys as pawns, you know what I mean, or media. It's just really how I felt about the mistreatment of certain artists when we get to a certain platform of when we make decisions within our lives to have full control and ownership. You know, we we, we go through the rigorous season, we, we do everything we're asked to do, you know, and, and we want to perform in a secure and protected space. Listen, Kyrie can do what he wants. Kyrie can say what he wants. All I ask for him is to be careful. When you start to uh, elicit names like Dr. Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, for situations, you have to be really careful where you use those situations and draw those comparisons. Especially when you look at some of the issues that we've had in this country during this year, you can't just throw those out there willy-nilly. So. Listen, I respect Kyrie Irving. He can do what he wants. He can speak. He can not speak. He understands the rules. He knows what he has to do. Just be careful in your comparison because those people died for things much more important than talking to the media. 
Cleveland has decided to drop their nickname. Hallelujah. The organization is expected to announce the change this week, sources told our Jeff Passan. Cleveland has not settled on a new nickname. It is unclear whether the team will be dropping it immediately or will transition to a new moniker following the 2021 season, according to Jeff Passan. Aaron Goldhammer was on SportsCenter. He has reaction to Cleveland's changing of their name. I think a lot of Indians fans realize also that it's just time, that we're evolving beyond these names and these mascots as a society, and that the Indians could position themselves to fit better amidst that culture moving forward into the 2020s and beyond. The other thing a lot of Indians fans are saying and feeling is it's not like this name has an incredible winning tradition. The Indians have had it for 105 years. They've won two World Series, one in 1920 and one in 1948. So maybe with the starting pitching they have and with some of the talented players they have moving forward, a name change could also spell better karma and better momentum for them to actually break the longest championship drought professional sports and win their first World Series since 1948. By the way, Baker Mayfield just scored a touchdown. It's now tied at 34 with the extra point pending for the Cleveland Browns. I'm just happy that they're changing the name, going back to the story about Cleveland, and also happy that they got rid of that, the logo, which was ridiculous. Finally, the Mets have added more people to their team. Obviously, McCann, was the catcher, was brought in, but the Mets also added the new general manager to work under Sandy Alderson. He is former Red Sox, Cubs, and Diamondback exec Jared Porter. He was introduced earlier today. Takes over the day-to-day operations of a team with deep pockets after billionaire Steve Cohen took over recently. Porter, there's rumors out, ladies and gentlemen, that a lot of people who really were interested in this job said, when Steve Cohen says three to five years he wants a World Series, I don't want to pin myself to the wall like that. Well, Jared Porter told SNY, I'm game. Yeah, you know, I don't really want to put numbers or timelines on that. I, I would just say that, like, hearing comments like that motivates me. It really excites me. You know, it shows a strong commitment from ownership who wants to win, who wants to put a winner on the field for the fan base in New York, and I completely align with that. Um, it excites me. I want those expectations, and I, you know, I, I really I really want to provide that kind of a, an atmosphere and a situation for the fans of New York. The new general manager says he's excited to be in the Big Apple. I couldn't be any more excited to be here. You know, I think New York is the greatest city in the world. I think City Field is the best ballpark in the major leagues. You know, I love the, it's an incredible, passionate, energized fan base that, you know, in the, in the, the place that the New York Mets organization has in the community. All of those things really excite me. There's a strong core of players, a good blend of youth and experience, of course, anchored by one of the best starting pitchers in the league and, and Jake DeGrom. And overall, I'm excited to get to work, you know, with Sandy, with Louie and his staff, the rest of the baseball operations staff, you know, as we look to build a, a collaborative and a sustainable baseball operation and culture. Ultimately, that'll be reflected by strong performance on the field. So like Sandy said, I'm already on the job. I couldn't be any more excited to be here. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped to be a Met. Well, I would expect him to say City Field and not Wrigley Field. Better say City Field. That wraps up Top Stories. Thank you, Jake. Thank you, Brian. This is ESPN New York Tonight.